Overflow podcast. We pray that you are encouraged with this message. For more information, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. For you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. How many know that God had a dream? Right? God had a dream when he built the earth. God had a dream before you were ever alive, and you play a part in that dream. In fact, I'm convinced that, if, that, that, that God has this puzzle, this great big puzzle in heaven, and through the corridors of time, he's assembling this puzzle, and each puzzle is a destiny. Each puzzle piece is a destiny. And I'm convinced that if we don't fulfill our part, if we don't fulfill what God's put in, put in our lives to do, the destiny that God has for us, I feel like that God will have an incomplete puzzle. Yeah. Right? It'll be like, have you guys ever seen a puzzle like that? You just can't find that one piece? <laughs> you ever did that? You put a puzzle together, how irritating that is. The only thing you notice is that's not there. I feel like that that's the way it is when we don't fulfill God's destiny for our life. I feel like it's like having a big puzzle missing a couple pieces. So it's crucial, not just me, not just, you know, other people, but all of us, all of us that are, that are uh, in the kingdom of God, that we all fulfill God's destiny for your life. So we've been on this series. We talked about the map, which is the word of God. We talked about the fuel, which is the call of God, the, the food, the nourishment that we need for the journey. We talked last week about the God, the Holy Spirit that we have that is always with us. Thank you, Jesus. And he's always with us to make sure that, that as we live out this journey, that we make good choices. And he's always there in our ear telling us when and where to go. And today I want to talk about landmarks. Uh, if you were to go on a journey uh, next week and you were going to be gone for a year, you were going on a backpacking journey, and you were going to go up to some peak somewhere and you're going to live in the mountains, which would be really cool probably for about the first five days until your cell phone battery died. And, uh, you, you know, or after the first day when it died, depending on what kind of device you have. And you set up there and... How many know that you would find things that you would need as resources? You'd probably find like a water source. You'd probably find like a good hunting ground somewhere like that. And you would need to know from time to time how to get back to those places. And if you didn't, it, now you did have a map, but how many know that sometimes you, if you have a good landmark, you don't have to, after you've been there a couple of times, you don't have to pull out the map anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The map's always there. The map never lies. You got the map. You got the Holy Spirit, you got the God there, always there with you. But how many know sometimes you don't even have to consult the God because you've been there before, right? I remember the first time I ever came to this church, uh, I couldn't find it. I drove over here, it was on the map, and it put me down here by Waterburger. And uh, I was like, man, where is it? And there, there was just, the, and some of y'all probably experienced this when you first came to the church. We're like, man, we got to fix this. And we worked really hard to fix it on the map apps and all that stuff. And uh, I followed these roads from our house. I went up, you know, Darby Town to whatever, Morningside and Prairie to Morningside and Morningside to Robinson and Robinson up to Carrier. I'm sorry, Robinson up to Pioneer and the Pioneer over here uh, to the church. And I knew the street names and, and, I, and I had this whole like journey map that how many know that I don't, when I leave the house, I don't go, hey Siri, tell me how to get to the church anymore, right? I know the way. I know how to get there. How do I know that? Because I've developed over the course of time of driving here several times, probably happened about the second or third time that I drove here, I didn't need, and it's the same way for you, I didn't need that map anymore. I didn't need the God. Now I had visual yeah. cues that told me this is where the church is. Sometimes you might know how to get somewhere, and you don't even know the street names anymore, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
You just know that there's visual cues. Oh yeah, there's a there's a Wendy's right there on the corner. So I, I, you know, you turn right at the Wendy's, or you turn left at the brown cow standing on the side of the road. Right? You guys know what I'm talking about. You have all these cues that tell you this is where you're going, and we call these things landmarks. These things are markers in our life that are established that tells us, hey, I'm on my way there. I'm going the right direction. I don't even have to pull out the map. I just know how to get there. Now, the map doesn't lie. The map's still important. The map's crucial. The spirit, the God, is still crucial in our life. But I believe a lot of times in our lives that God wants us to cry out for this thing. And we're going to talk a lot about wisdom. But God wants us to ask for wisdom. Listen, why would we need wisdom? Why, why would we need wisdom if we were just supposed to hear the voice of God all the time? If God is supposed to tell us every single little step that you make. Why would you have to ask for wisdom? You wouldn't need wisdom. You'd just be a robot, right? Program, hey, hey, make sure you turn. I mean, you know, that could probably get annoying for the person telling you, but also get annoying for you. Hey, make sure you go, make sure you go right here. Hey, make sure that you talk to this person. Hey, make sure that you go feed this person. Make sure that you pay the bills this week, right? How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? So, yeah. so what God has done is he does a work in our life and gives us wisdom, not that we can live independent of him, but so that when God makes a deposit into us, he's a good investor. Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Because uh, some of y'all are kind of like, feeling a little tension. You're like, oh, wait a second. You're saying we aren't supposed to hear the voice of God continually? No, you are supposed to be in relationship with him. But so many times we we kind of box God into, I'm not going to do anything until God tells me. And God's given you the wisdom to make choices. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these landmarks. I'm going to give you these landmarks and then we're going to talk about wisdom. Y'all good? Yeah. All right. There, here's some landmarks. These are just real practical uh, things for you, seven things. First of all, the first landmark that you need to establish in your life is like life verses, right? Like a life verse, like you might have a verse in scripture that you have or a passage of scripture. Uh, life verses or scriptural themes, things in your life from the map that you know about that. Now listen, you don't just have a little, you know, a little verse that you get tattooed on your body or you get a, you know, a, a printout that you put on your wall and you don't really know anything about the scripture. You just know what the scripture says. No, no, no. If you're going to have a scripture for your life, then you really know, you know, people are like running around quoting, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strength. Me. They don't even know what that means, right? They're like, that helps me run uh, a 50-yard dash. I'm like, dude, no matter how much strength God gives me, I can't run a quarter mile in less than two hours, right? <laughs> or, you know, two seconds, whatever. And so the thing is, is you need to understand the background of that scripture that you're making your life verse. If you want to hang, you've you got to know the in and outs of it. Like, you know it, know it. You don't just know what it says, Right? And so it's important for us when we have these uh, scriptural themes or life verses. It might be a, a passage of scripture. It might be like Romans 8. That's a good one. You say, oh, I don't have a life verse. How about Romans 8? Just take that one. All of it. <laughs> Just which verse? Yes. yes. <laughs> right? All of it. The whole thing. Good, good, good life passage. It'd be good for you once a week. It, after you've read it 5,000 times, once a week for you to revisit Romans 8. It's just good passage. You know, for me, one of my life verses is uh, Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, yeah. for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is now set at the right hand of the throne of God. So when I'm going through something, I know that, man, Jesus, you began my faith, and you're going to finish my faith. You're the author and the finisher. Then it, goes, it talks about there's a great cloud of witnesses there. I'm like, there's people cheering me on. i got a destiny, and I'm doing all this. Why? Because that's a life verse. That's something that I resource in my life. It's a landmark that, that God has established. God did something in my life, spoke to me through that verse, and now I have that to always go back to whenever I get away from where I'm supposed to be going. Yeah. Yeah. It's a landmark. Um, you know, Romans 8, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, all these are just, not, don't just have it as a slogan. Oh, yeah. 
You know, God's plans are to prosper me. Okay, what does that mean? To prosper me, right? I mean, you, you it, it becomes so ingrained in you that it's something that you think about every day. Right. So, life verse, scriptural themes, that kind of thing. Number two, I know this is real practical. We'll try to get deeper in a minute. All right, for some of y'all, like, okay, I'll stop. I don't know. All right. Number two, life purpose, vision, or mission statement. Okay, we can call that whatever you want. Well, actually, the vision, whatever. You, you guys know what I'm talking about. Some kind of statement that you use as a landmark in your life, something to resource decisions that you make. For me, mine is to be, I wrote this down years ago, probably 15 years ago. I sat down and I wrote out, it said, to be a man of compassion or to be a, a, a man of God to my creator, my companion, my cause, and my children. Right? To live and speak the message with intensity and to impact a generation. So that's my purpose statement of my life. I have that. I have that to fall back on. Whenever it comes to making a decision, I can compare that and go, okay, how does this line up? Yeah. Now, I won't be impacting anybody. No, I won't, that won't, I won't be a man of integrity. Right. Right? So I'm going to stick to this. Now, we know that it's based in Scripture. Yeah. It's rooted in the heart of God. But it's some another landmark, another thing for me to go, all right. Everything needs a line up. Yeah. Are you with me? It's like here at the church. Our, our purpose statement, we all know this, is to what? Encounter. encounter the reality of Jesus. So if people can't encounter Jesus through what we're doing, then we don't do it. Yeah. You say, well, you're going to the Minions movie on Saturday. How's that going to help people encounter Jesus? Because they're going to hang out with Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> it's called community. Yeah. Right? And we encounter Jesus through other people sometimes. So everything that we do revolves around that encounter. Number three is standards. Oh. Oh. Now some people you, people are like, well, we just we just all have different standards. It's interesting. Like I'll, what I always have, you know, when people are just, they don't have any standards, I like to ask them. So what are your standards? What are your standards? It's not that going to movies are bad, but what are your standards for movies? Right. Does anything go? What are your standards? Yeah. Right? Right. Once you have a standard established, you don't have to pray whether or not you should do it. Right. I just don't fill my mind with that junk. Yeah. Right? So whatever that standard is. Uh, now, these are things that need to be rooted conviction and biblical-based. The thing is, is your standards might be different than mine. Right. Okay? That's not saying that you can sin and I can't sin. We're not talking about sin. We're just talking about standards. Standards that we've established to go to separate ourselves a little bit from the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are the things that separate you from your unbelieving friends? What's different about you and them? Maybe you need to I'll your standards a little bit Alright um, Again these are things that you don't need to pray about Now listen there's Like if you're single And you're looking for a spouse uh, Which is a good thing to be looking for Then you need to have some standards Right you know, well, I'll just take whoever God gives me Right Well there's a good part of that statement Whoever God gives me But I'll take whoever is not a good mindset to go into Right And I've known some people that are a little too picky, <laughs> right? But the thing is, is, what are your standards? Well, they, they must love Jesus. Okay, that's a good standard, right? Right? They, they need to be someone who had who is kingdom-minded, right? They're not just saved, but they actually think about God. They think about the things of God. It, 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 it's an ambition in their life to advance Jesus' reign on the earth. Like yeah. this is, this is a, you know, it could be, the, how will that line up with what God's called you to do? Yeah. If you're called to be a missionary, and they're called to be, a lawyer in America all the time, 100% of the time, that might not work. Yeah. You might be able to figure out a way to make it work, and that's great. But you need to have some standards to help make those decisions. It's a landmark. So that you can look back on and go, well, 
maybe that will work. Yeah. No matter how hot they are. And by the way, hot needs to be, if you're single, looking for, you, need, you, need, you need to be with somebody you're, just, you're attracted to, right. not just spiritually, but physically also. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Or you're going to look at somebody else that you're attracted to physically, and right. that's going to get you in trouble. Yep. So it's good to have standards. You're not shallow. You're wise. <laughs> right? Word. Y'all good with me on that? Yeah. All the single people do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have those standards. What? Albert. Oh, yeah. It must be. Okay. Uh, See so now, listen. There's a difference between standards and preferences. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, she's got to have blue eyes. Well, what if she's got like the most beautiful brown eyes you've ever seen in your life? Amen. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, all right. So standards are different. And, and listen, that doesn't just apply to that. That applies to other things in your life. The convictions, the the morality that you live according to. You need to have standards. Number four is patterns. When we talk about patterns, we're talking about sequences in our lives, things that we've observed as we live life, things that kind of seem to have a rhythm to them, right? Yeah. You guys have done that. You guys have things in your life that, that God kind of speaks to you and guides you kind of a certain way, and it might be different than the way that he guides me. With Leslie, she has this thing with the number 16. I don't know this kind of sounds flaky, uh, but is, am, I, am I right? And so, like, our house it has a 16 in it. We didn't go, like... Well, it's got to have a 16 on it, but it's like, it was just this little confirming thing. Be like, okay. And it's just been her whole life. She's seen these. Some of you guys, it might be a color. Some of you, it might be uh, a personality trait or just timing or always a certain month. For me, I have a July 4th thing. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit on July 4th. Judah was born on July 4th. I have all these experiences, these great memories that happened on July 4th. And so I use that as a reference point, kind of with a little bit of expectation on July 4th. Something doesn't always happen, but I know that there could be a pattern there that God does specific things to me on July 4th. I know that can get a little bit weird uh, for some of you guys, but God sometimes does work in patterns. And I think he does that, so we'll have the wisdom to key in and go, oh, maybe it's the Lord because last time he did it like this. Right? right? So it's not strange. It's just that's how God works. He kind of has a, you know, an order to things. All right. Uh, number five, pivotal moments. Pivotal moments. Now, these would be like encounter times, uh, times that when you're maybe in worship or personal prayer time or someone's praying over you, and you just experience something, right? And it's a moment. And you look back five years from now, and you go, man, I remember that day. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then there, there are so many moments that I've had. Like sometimes it was me giving a word to somebody or somebody giving a word to me or having a conversation with someone and something just marked me. It's like my heart was branded in that moment and I was forever changed. Yeah. So what I do is I use that. I don't worship that. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, can I just have another one? No, no, no. It's like I have this as a landmark to go, oh, yeah. I remember the Lord did that yeah. in my life. Yeah. Kind of like this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. We talked about that last week. Oh, okay. Yes, this seems to be the way it works. Uh, for instance, and I know this is weird, and if I would have said this to someone 20 years ago, they would have cast demons out of me. Uh, but now I don't believe in fortune. You guys know that. I've, I've preached about that before. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in fortune. I believe in destiny. I believe in blessing. And when someone tells me uh, something about, oh, wish me luck, I'm like, no, I won't wish you luck, but I'll pray that you're blessed because that has something on it. And luck is just whatever happens. And uh, so you guys aren't with me on that. So I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't, you know, don't read horoscopes. Don't, don't get any, any, any of that stuff. But when we go to like Payway or something like that, we get, you know, one of these fortune cookies and they have fortunes in them. Now I don't get those and go, Oh yeah, it's just praying in. You know, it's not like intense like that. However, when we, when God was, um, 
moving in our heart to come plant this church. We were like, man, God, when? Man, God, when? What's going to happen? And I opened up a fortune cookie. We were in there, and I pulled out this fortune cookie, and it said all the things, something along the lines, and I looked for it this week, and I couldn't find it. I was going to show you guys, and it says, this is all that's in your heart or, or something about, like, the dreams in your heart are going to be fulfilled soon. And then you know how on the back they have, like, a word? A word? Yeah. And so we looked on the back, and it said June. And June was the month that we moved out here. Now, I didn't pray that in, but it was just a little confirmation. We had several of those things happen. So, again, we're not trying to be sp- spooky. We don't base our life on those things. But how many know if, if God can speak to someone out of, through an out-of-context scripture, yeah. then God can also use a fortune cookie or a or a donkey or a billboard or whatever else. So there are these moments that we have that will confirm in us, and then we can look back and be like, and that was just another little thing right. that happened. When we moved out here to plant the church, I was telling somebody this story yesterday, we were so like, we, we were excited, but we were like, what are we going to do? We're, like, we're just going to start in our living room with a meal. Like, that was our strategy. All right, what's your strategy? Well, we're just going to meet in our living room and eat food. Yeah. <laughs> and do church and pray for people. So what's your strategy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that was all we had and uh, that's all they got to put in our heart so we were kind of tripping and so we moved out here and we met two pastors within two days one on one uh, on a Wednesday night and the next the next day for lunch two pastors we had never met before we bare, we, we knew because somebody else knew them and they said you know if I was gonna plant church today I'd do it in my living room over a meal they both said the exact same thing. And then when we got in the car, like two days later, dropped back to Amarillo, Leslie gets an email from someone we're on staff with, and they said, hey, I had a dream about you, and you were in your house, and you were feeding people, and you were giving them hope. And we're like, bing, confirmation. How many know we had those things as a reference point, so whenever we started going through a difficult time a couple months after that, and we couldn't find a house, we had those things to look back on and go, oh, but remember? Yep. Remember all these little things, all these little aha moments, mm-hmm. these pivotal moments? that we can look back and reference and give us courage and give us faith when the journey gets difficult. Are you guys with me? Yeah. I know it's very practical. Number six. Somebody here, like, I'm not very brother's part. Freaky. Okay, good. You need to have some of those moments. All right. Number six is mistakes and successes. Mistakes and su- successes. How many of y'all have made mistakes yeah. even since you come to Jesus? I know I have, and some stupid, stupid things. Uh, let me just say this about mistakes and, and successes. The right thing at the wrong time can be the wrong thing. Right. Say that again. The right thing at the wrong time can be the wrong thing. Yep. Are you with me? It's called timing. Right. <laughs> and so a mistake can be doing the right thing at the wrong time. Whoops, shouldn't have done that then. Right? All right. Um, and one of the things that you've got to learn to do in your walk with the Lord is, is start celebrating wins. Yeah. Right? And recover and learn from losses. That's good. And another thing that we've got to do in community is we've got to celebrate the wins of other people. Yeah. Amen. Right? And this is a tough one, right? Especially when there's something that we want. Like someone get, like you've been praying for a raise at work. And you haven't got one. And you're like frustrated. And then someone else in the room, in the same community, they get a raise and you didn't. Right? Yeah. And what do we do? <laughs> we get mad usually at our boss or God or somebody. No, 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 no. We're in community together. So we celebrate that. Yeah. That's why scripture says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. When someone has a hard time, they're going through a difficult time, you're able to weep with them. This is called community. But we've got to learn to celebrate our wins. 
And we've also got to learn to recover from and learn from our losses. When you do something stupid, have the wisdom to not do that again. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people, they just they can't learn from their mistakes. I can tell a lot of those stories. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know that old song, Some people gotta learn the hard way. Y'all know that? No. That's old school DC talk. I think I've said that before. I know you don't want to hear my saying, so. All right, get enough earlier. Right. Uh, celebrate wins and recover and learn from losses. Number seven, personal history. Personal history. Things that, listen, when something remarkable, remarkable, right, it's worthy of marking down. When something remarkable happens in your life, write it down. Write it down. Now, the cool thing is, is we have, like, social media that, like, records our life. And we can look back on our timeline, right? Like, five years ago, like, we have this Time Hop app. And it's it's actually really cool because it's, like, it's got, like, I got a built-in monument tracker in my phone. So I can look back at all the wins in my life, and it really helps me. But it also reminds me of my personal history. Now, Joshua chapter, and some people are like, no, we don't need to build monuments. We just need to move on. No, no, no. Did you know that God over and over and over and over and over again in Scripture says, remember? Yeah. Remember. Remember the things that I did in the past. Remember that? Remember that? I'm going to do more things, but I want you to remember that I'm good. Why? Because we are developing personal history with God, and these become landmarks in our life when it gets difficult to go. But hold on. Remember when it was difficult before in God? Yes. Come on. Right? Yeah. And so we build these things in our life. We write them down. Maybe you keep a memento or something like that in your life. We, When we left Amarillo to come out here, they gave us this uh, wall art that says, I don't even know what it says. Blessed when you come in. Blessed. I, I wasn't really concerned about what it said, but I knew that I wanted to remember that amazing season. So we put it in our house. Why? Because I like the art or what it says. And it's all right. But it, it's significant in its meaning. So I keep myself surrounded by those things so I can remember the goodness of God. It helps me to remember my history. Uh, Joshua chapter 4, right after the children of Israel. We talked about this in our threshold series. Right after the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan, going in to take the land. What did they do? It says that the 12, the, the 12 leaders went and they built these monuments out of stones. Why did they build a monument? So they could remember so they can remember what God did. Now, we don't worship those things. That's right. called idolatry. We don't right. worship the past, right. but we learn from our personal history because it helps us. It's a reference point to go, remember? Yeah. Remember when God did that? I love sharing stories of, of the quote-unquote good old days. Now, I mean, all the, good old, the, good, the, the best days are coming, right. but there's still something good about the good old days. Do you look back and go, man, wasn't that awesome? Remember when God did that? Yeah, that was so awesome. That's good. We want to have that personal history. Listen, experiences are incredibly an incredible resource for us. And God wants to invest in you through experiences. God wants you to have good experiences. Yeah. When you have a bad experience, God wants you to remember that. Not, not so you can be burnt out or bitter about it, but so that you can learn not to do something stupid again. Right. Right? Okay, so I know this is very practical. Listen, we walk in wisdom. Listen to this. We walk in wisdom trusting that our history with him as eternal significance. Yeah. Understanding that when God does something, he's eternal. You guys remember, I was just thinking about this. Remember in school when you learned like geometry and they had, you had a line, right? And lines have a point on each end, right? A beginning point and an end point. And then they have another thing called a ray. You guys remember what a ray is? Yeah. An array is something that has a beginning point, but doesn't have an end point. When God does something, it doesn't have an end point. Oh. That's good. 
It's a ray. It's like, boom, God starts, boom. Doesn't have an endpoint. Now, he'll complete the work in you, but it's an eternal work. Yeah, the lasting effects are forever. Yeah. Right? So we need to write these things down and understand, and we trust him. So we move forward with wisdom and the things that he's done, knowing that, God, you planted something in me, and now I can walk forward. Amen. Are you all okay? You all follow me? All right. Matthew chapter 7. We're going we're gonna to get into the meat right here. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. We've heard this before. Everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus talking, and put them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the stream rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When God does something, when he speaks something, when he does a work in our life, it is supposed to last forever. But what happens is if we are foolish, the work of God will not be built on a firm foundation. God can come and do the same thing to you over and over and over and over and over again. It's your choice. Will you build on it? Good. Or will you require that the Lord do it again? That's good. We call this wisdom. Taking these landmarks, taking these things that God's done in our life and building off of them and functioning. Not away from the Lord, but based upon the things that he has done in our life. Trusting that he's going to do more. Amen. And we'll build off those things as well. Are you all okay? Yeah. yeah. Alright, number one. Let's talk about wisdom. Realities concerning wisdom. Realities concerning wisdom. Are you guys ready? Yes. Y'all are quiet today. Y'all gonna help me. Woo-hoo! We'll get through this. Number one, wisdom is different than knowledge. That's true. Wisdom is different than knowledge. Just because you know something doesn't make you wise. Right. It's called information. Jesus said, you hear these words? You don't put them into practice. Yeah. You're foolish. You knew the words. You knew what he said. You know what the Bible... Man, I know people that got the Bible like... No, they know the scriptures. But they live foolishly. Wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. We have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge. Knowledge is a good thing. We like knowledge. The knowledge of his will. Yeah. Know the will of God. Through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray in order that you may we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, knowing a growing in the knowledge of God. So knowledge is great. Knowledge is awesome, but knowledge is not the same thing as wisdom. Right. You have three things that scripture's talking about here. First of all, you got knowledge, right? What is knowledge? Knowledge is information. Right? It's good to have information. You need to be well educated. Then you have understanding. Understanding is comprehension. Understanding is, oh, right? Yeah. Like you know, you're like, you read it, and then you're like, oh, I get it. That's what understanding is. And then wisdom is the execution. Wow. The follow through. So you get it? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Walk it out. That's the wisdom. The wisdom is to carry out the knowledge and the understanding that you have. We got too many people with tons of knowledge, yeah. tons of understanding, but no wisdom. Yeah. Come on. Oh man, I've been in church all my life. Well. But you act foolish. Yeah. 
It's kind of like driving a car, okay? You took the course, the driving course, you read the textbook, that's knowledge. I was in the, was in the class. They told us that on a red light you stop, on a green light you go. When you turn right, you turn on the signal up, and you turn left, you turn the signal down. We learned all that. We learned that you don't drive fast here, and you don't run red lights, and you don't run into people. We learned all that. That's knowledge. And then you have understanding. You understand the basic functionality of a vehicle. You understand that when you push the gas, it goes. Right. When you push the brakes, it stops. When you put it in park, you know, with, and you put it in park, and it won't run. What you understand? Oh, I get it. I understand how the car works. But that doesn't make you an experienced driver. That doesn't make you have wisdom. You got to be able to get behind that wheel and go in and out of traffic to get where you're supposed to be going. That's wisdom. My kids. When I'm teaching them. To, my my parents were in town last week, and they bought them bikes for their birthday. Wow. It's good to have. It's good to have uh, grandparents. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> So we get out there, and you know they're learning what training wheels. And uh, I feel like a really bad father because they should have already known this. And so I'm out there. I'm like, I'm gonna be a good dad. I'm gonna get out there every day, and it's gonna be harder for me than it is for them. And so I'm getting out there with them, and I'm trying to teach Mariah and Judah. And Mariah, her understanding works a little bit better. But they had the knowledge. They saw the bike, the helmet. Oh, well, they put it on. This is a bike. Bike goes down the road. That's knowledge. Understanding. I'm still developing in Judah the understanding. Son, if you push back, it stops. It's not going to go forward. So he's like, Dad, Dad. And he gets frustrated, hitting the pedal. I'm like, Son, that doesn't help you. So I go in, I push him. And he's like, Oh, understanding. The wisdom comes in as they ride that bike. That's what the wisdom is. So are you guys with me? Yeah. Listen, it doesn't matter how smart and educated you are. If you don't have the power to make good decisions, you're foolish, not wise. Wow. So don't tell me you're wise because you have a bunch of facts and you've read a lot of good books. Or you've read a lot of good blogs. Or you can post them on Facebook. That doesn't make you wise. Just because you have some knowledge. Because you read something somebody else came up with. Right. Oh. Mm -hmm. yeah. Information does not make you wise. Right. Decisions. Good decisions are what credits you as being wise. So it doesn't matter how smart and educated you are, if you don't have the power to make good decisions, you're foolish, not wise. God will test you in this journey to make good decisions. And he's going to look at you and go, do you reference the landmarks well? Do you reference the experiences well? Or will you live foolish? Let's see what you do, son. And if you're foolish and you make a mistake, by my grace, I'll do what I've always done, just come and pick you up. And we'll do it again, and we'll talk about it, yeah. and, then I'll, and then I'll give you another shot at it. Right? Aren't you glad we have a gracious Father? Yeah. But we are accountable to what He's done. We are not considered wise with the knowledge we have, but by the choices we make. So the first thing about wisdom is wisdom is different than knowledge. It's different than understanding. Number two, wisdom is costly. Oh, wisdom is costly. I always say this: knowledge is free, but wisdom will cost you. Yeah. Knowledge is free, but wisdom will cost you. Uh, sometimes. We don't want the package that wisdom is in. Right? Because that wisdom requires like a process. Right. I mean, wisdom is not common. It's not cheap. Yeah. Right. It comes in a, in a package. Sometimes it's difficult to open. Yeah. Sometimes the package is ugly. But if, but if we're willing to open that package, we'll get wisdom. This book of Proverbs is devoted to wisdom. Yeah. The book of James, very much so. Kind of our New Testament... Uh, reflection on wisdom. Uh, wisdom comes from this, developing in his, 
developing history with God. Let me say that again. Wisdom is developed. Listen, even Jesus grew in wisdom. Yeah. Remember that? He grew in wisdom and stature. So wisdom is something that grows. Now, th this is where you will get some kickback, especially from us charismatics, because I'm a charismatic. And so what we would say is we go, no, man, I got the gift of wisdom. Right? No, wisdom's a gift. It comes from the Spirit of God. And what we're talking about is this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12a. Paul says this, the gift of a word of knowledge. What is a word of knowledge? A word of knowledge is information, a word of information. Have you guys ever had that experience where someone comes to you, they give you, we call it like a prophetic word. And someone comes to you, they pray, and God reveals to them something. Information. Usually the information doesn't help. So it's usually accompanied by what we call a gift of wisdom. They're like, so if you do this, this will happen. But it's called a gift of the word of wisdom. Yeah. So there's wisdom in the word. Just because you can give the word of wisdom and just because you can hear the word of wisdom doesn't make you wise. Right. What makes you wise is to carry out that word of wisdom. Yeah. So don't think you're wise because you've got the gift of wisdom. That don't make you wise. It just makes you a good gift giver. Yeah. A, listener. <laughs> a listener. That's right. Uh, so someone can have the word of wisdom or have a word given to them. But still be foolish. We are wise when we respond to that word. Good. That's what makes us wise. Right? I mean, these guys were hearing from Jesus. Straight from the, the source, the horse's mouth. They were hearing it straight. And he's like, if you don't put it into practice, it does you no good. You will fall apart in the journey. Proverbs 4, 7 says this. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Getting with you. Good one, Lord. Getting with you is the widest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. In the NIV, it says this, that it, get it at any cost. Do whatever it takes. Go through whatever you have to go through to get wisdom. Sadly, we always choose like door one, door two, easy road, hard road. We choose, I, I choose it. I choose the easy road. Oh, thank God. Right? One time, Leslie, sure, but with wisdom, there's no shortcuts. Yeah. There's just no shortcuts. I, I remember one time, Leslie, Leslie was watching kids back when we lived in El Paso, and we had Mariah and Judah, and we had like some cousins of Mariah and Judah at the house of Leslie, watched them every day. And with Friday, it was my day off. She said, hey, will you, walk, will you sit with the kids a little bit while I run a couple errands? And I was like, I was like, yes, <laughs> right? I wasn't even like, yes. I was like, okay. Uh, so she leaves me with these kids, and I told the Lord, I said, God, I don't want any wisdom. <laughs> I don't want to learn anything, uh, right? You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want wisdom out of this. And uh, so many times we do that, right? We don't want to learn from the experiences. We don't want to be developed through the process. We want out of the process. Yeah. Come on. Come on. So I'd encourage you, man, in this generation, we want everything hot, we want fresh, we want ready, we want it now. And how many know it just don't work that way? Yeah. It's like yesterday, Judah asked, I said, so what do you want for breakfast? I'll, I'll make you breakfast since it's your birthday. And he said, he said, I want bacon and eggs. And so I was like, I thought I got out of it on Friday night. He said, hey, Dad, just want to remind you that you're going to make me bacon and eggs in the morning. I said, dang it, you remember. So I got up early on Saturday and went to the store. <laughs> I'm being real. And uh, so I went and bought some bacon. And I thought about this. You know how they sell that pre-cooked bacon? Oh, I really didn't think about it. I was like, man, I don't like to fight because I have this griddle that I 
cook breakfast on outside. It's just everything's just better when you cook it outside. And so I was like, I was walking to walking into the store, man. I'm looking <laughs> at that pre-cooked bacon. I'm like, yeah, I just stay in the microwave for a couple seconds. And those eggs will cook quick, right? But I was like, no, I want to give my son the best. Yeah. And there's a process involved. Wisdom ain't cheap, and it don't come easy. Yeah. Number three. Wisdom is greater than fear. True. Wisdom is greater than fear. We bought into this lie, and you guys have probably heard this before, that people make statements, well, you want to be wise. You ever heard that? Well, you want to be wise. You do need to be wise. But so many times when we say that, it's very, it's very rooted in fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's like, don't screw up. Right? That's really what we're saying. Don't screw up. You gotta have gotta be motivated by a little bit of fear. Because yeah. I've had some bad experiences and I want you to learn from my bad experiences. Now we do need to learn from the experience of others. That's wisdom. Yeah. It's foolish to say, oh, I want need to learn my own way. That's stupid. That's foolish. That's what that is. Yeah. Um, and so fear is not to be equated with wisdom. So that's not saying that there might not be wisdom in a bad experience. We need to learn from those things. But we're not motivated, motivated, motivated. We're not motivated by this thing called fear. We're motivated by faith. Listen, following Jesus will stretch your faith and it will break your comfort. It will be difficult, but it's God's process in you. Our experience in this journey are to deepen our dependability, not increase our independence. Let me say that again. Our experiences in this journey are to deepen our dependability, not increase our independence. Don't claim to be depending on God, uh, claim to be depending on God uh, as spiritual when you don't do anything. Well, I'm just kind of waiting on the Lord. I want to be, I want to be wise. I'm just not going to do anything until God tells me. Listen, that's just immaturity. God has done things in your life. Yeah, 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 yes. So what are you doing with the investment that he made. Wow. Wisdom. That's good. So move out. Move, move out of faith. Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if it's always easy, it's always comfortable, where's your faith? Yeah. How much faith are you putting forward? Oh, it's hard. I know. I know, but the rewards are so good. Y'all okay? Yeah. Almost done. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Not the fear of man. Not the fear of failure, the fear of the Lord. I got two more points, Nate. Just so you know, I know you're rushing me. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Number four, because I will. I, I do need to get you guys out of here. Number four, wisdom visualizes before it verbalizes. We have this saying. Uh, Let's say I both have this temperament called sanguine. And one of the traits of it is they walk in the room mouth first. <laughs> right? Hey! Whoa, they're praying. Right? <laughs> you guys ever done that? What's going on? Oh. I did that the other day in Nathan's wedding. There's this guy who's like, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Oh. Right? That, that's not wisdom. Wisdom visualizes before it verbalizes. How many of you guys have ever done that? Feel so stupid when you do that. Because it was stupid, right? It was stupid. You walk into it and say, Let me tell you what I think, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, 
Listen to this, Proverbs 17, 28. Even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. Wow. And their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. <laughs> right? Even foolish people, even stupid, stupid people, if they're quiet, they'll be thought to be wise. And then number five, last point right here. Wisdom lives in response. Living from reaction, tempers. Some of us struggle with tempers. I know I do. Tempers are a, re a reaction of foolishness. It's foolish for me to be a hothead. Some of you guys are like, yeah, yeah, I know. Right? How many hotheads we have in here? Come on, let's start a community group. <laughs> Come on. We need to be slow to anger, as Scripture tells us. James 3.13 says this. He who is, wise, who, who is wise and understanding among you, let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. See, wisdom always looks like humility. Yeah. So we live in response. We don't live in reaction. We're, we're not fear-driven. We're not like, oh, well, let me just tell you what I'm going to do. That's not wisdom. Wisdom visualizes, huh? Just respond to it. How do we respond to it? We all need to get better. Come on, are you with me? Yeah. Let me just say this in that wisdom asks more questions than it has answers. Wow, that's good. Wisdom, wisdom asks more questions. You guys know how it is to be around somebody who's got an answer for everything? That doesn't make you wise. You might be knowledgeable. James 1.9, be slow to speak. How many know that God gave you two eyes, two ears, and one mouth? Right? Slow to speak. Alright, so this is what we're going to do. I know it's a very practical kind of, okay, Lord, what are you going to do? I believe that God wants to start depositing in, in some of us the word of wisdom that we can carry that out and be wise. And some of you are dealing, I know that we've got some people in the room that are going through some transitions right now, and you need that wisdom. You need to know what you're supposed to do. But you also need the character to carry it out. And so this is what it says in James chapter 1. And I'm closing with this and then we're going to pray. If any of you lacks wisdom, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. The New Living says it this way. It says, and ask our generous God. Without finding, to who without finding fault, it will be given you. So God doesn't look at you when you go, wisdom, Lord, I need wisdom. He doesn't look at you and go, you suck so bad. He doesn't do that. He's generous. He's like, okay, let me help you with that. But when you ask, you hear this, when you ask, you must believe. And so this is what I want to do in this moment. I want to increase your faith. I want your faith to be increased. We've heard the word, and hearing the word increases our faith. We know this. But when you ask, you must believe it. Do not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Do 